a jam-packed episode of Two Brothers in a Mic. We talk Matt Harms getting transferred from Purdue to BYU. We also talk NFL Draft, a little recap, a little debate between Nate and I on the Jacksonville Jaguars situation, and we also give our suggestions about entertainment choices during quarantine. And of course, we finish off the episode with our and one moments of the weeks. Keep it locked. You won't want to miss it. It's another episode of Two Brothers and a Mic. What's good, everyone? We're back with another episode of Two Brothers and a Mic. You're just going to come in all casual like that? Welcome. Welcome. Dude, it's been like a month and a half since we've done one. Did I do something wrong there? No, you didn't do anything. You just came in real casual, dude. Just same old, same old. Dude. Oh, so you're saying I need to come in differently? Dude, just like just come in. Hello there, long time no see. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how I was supposed to come in? Yeah, I'm just being straight professional, you feel me? Professional would be getting out podcast. Every week, dude. Not, dude. I know. We've been, it has been a while <laughs> since our last podcast. Nathan, you are correct in that assessment. Um, but we're back to talk some sports. It's still quarantine. It's still pandemic going on. And let me ask you, how are you doing during this pandemic? Still bored out of my mind, dude. There's not anything to do. Like, people go to the grocery store for fun now. Like, that's what we do now. That's normal. Yeah, today Menards was packed. Chick-fil-A was packed. It's like 80 degrees today. Beautiful day. And people are just like, I'm not staying inside. Can't go to the park. I mean, what am I? What are we supposed to do, man? You're supposed to be creative, dude. Make podcast Make episodes podcast, during absolutely. this time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, dude, it's been a while. But we're going to hopefully make some episodes, you know, here and there through this pandemic until the sports start coming, rolling in. But we do have some topics to talk about. Some stuff's happened since the last time we did our episode. So let's go ahead and talk about the first thing. And Nathan, I'm going to let you introduce this topic because you were, I think, the one that kind of introduced it to me. Big name news surrounding an important Purdue basketball player. Something happened to him during this offseason. So I'll let you start off and take off who that is and what happened and the story behind it. Yeah, so really unexpected news for anybody that follows Purdue, um, especially basketball. Um, Big Matty Harms, the IU killer, dude. It's Everybody hated him in the Big Ten. You either hate him or you love him, and the only people that loved him were people from Purdue. And he decided for his senior year he's going to go a different direction. He's transferring from Purdue. This happened probably a month ago at this point. I mean, it's been a while. Put out his list of uh, preferred teams. Everybody thought there's one team he was going to go to because he. The reason why he wants to transfer is to get exposure for possible NBA, more playing time, all that, all that stuff. That's my guess of why he wants to leave. I mean, he said that he because he said, if you would have told me Nathan, if there were one player on that team who wouldn't transfer out during I his just, career at Purdue, yeah. it would be Matt Harms. Total shock that he did this. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? And you said there was a list of teams, and there was one team in particular that you had mentioned that most people thought he was going to transfer to because of this purpose in the school of trying to make an NBA and be exposure, yeah. et cetera. So we all thought it would be Kentucky, UK. I even had friends of mine who are UK fans tweeting me, texting me about Matt Harms going to UK 
and they were just telling me, you know, good things about UK and how he'll be treated well if he comes, you know, like they were being, you know, just trying to ease my mind as if I'm worrying about Matt Harms, you know, and his, his career and his player. Cause we, we love Matt Harms. I love Matt Harms. He's one of my favorite Purdue basketball players. He really is. I love his emotion. I just, oh my gosh, I can't believe that he decided to, to move. And I, and I understand, I understand if for the long-term career play, because let's just be honest, Travion Williams right now got a lot of playing time and he was really better in a he's, lot of cases last yeah, year. He's, he's the better player at this point right now. He's the better player, but so, it's still sad. Like yeah. having that guy that could come off the bench to give that spark or, you know, be the brim protector. I mean, that's what he did. That's why people from Kia were really excited about him because they don't have that currently. Um, or at least at this point, they didn't have that. But at the end of the day, there was a few other teams. Texas Tech, which I think would have been a really good fit for him. There were a lot of teams at first. I mean, there, there was oh, a lot of a list. Big, yeah. Another big Cincinnati, Cincinnati Minnesota was yeah, on there. Yeah. Tons of teams. Yeah. Yeah. Cincinnati, yeah. And then BYU was the third one that he was choosing from. I'll be honest with you, BYU was the one I didn't think he was going to go to. I thought Texas Tech was the best fit. Kentucky was his best opportunity. I really didn't give BYU a chance, but that's ultimately where he decided to go was BYU. What are your thoughts on that? I just, from what he said, he wanted exposure and like potential NBA, like all this stuff. He might as well have stayed at Purdue. <laughs> he, I mean, the only thing is, I think the difference is that BYU, he's going to be the guy. I mean, he's going to be the guy. He's going to get the playing time. He's going to get the touches. So if he wants to increase his points per game and, re- and all that stuff, because he can shoot the pr- Matt Harms. I know you and I maybe disagree a little bit on Matt Harms and the NBA potential. I like the fact that Matt Harms is a little bit more, I'm going to say, athletic. Because the big men in the NBA, you have to be athletic. You can, can't just be a big body. You're not going to. You won't be in there. I feel like he can move like on the defense end with his feet better to Travion, but the offense and he's, he's skinny. That's obviously the that's one of the down parts with Matt Harms, kind of lengthy and not bulky for the NBA. But he can hit a mid range. He can shoot the three. He's improved all that. Like so, I think he has a chance in the NBA game. But I disagree completely. I think he's a worse Jawan Johnson, and Jawan Johnson didn't really get any opportunity in the NBA. He's skinny. Jawan was skinny. Jawan can shoot the three. Jawan can move, and Jawan has a, had an amazing European career. That's where he's found his fit. I think it's going to be similar for Matt. I don't, I don't see him being that type Just of watch guy. watch a team like Dallas Mavericks. They'll draft him. We'll get him. They could. He might have a few years in the NBA as like that guy that you know is in the G League or whatever, but I think ultimately he finds his place overseas. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what happens in the future of Matt Harms and where, where it goes. But that was a big-time Purdue news that dropped on the line. It sounds like, according to Twitter, this was a complete blindside when it comes to Purdue and Matt Painter. Like, this was not seen at all. Yeah, Matt Painter had no idea. Like, when you find out basically from Twitter, that's that's pretty bad. And I think that's ultimately what happened. He didn't really know. Nobody was preparing for this. Like, he was going to be the, you know, he was still going to get his 20 minutes a game. Like, that was going to happen. Now, where are the, those 20 minutes going to go? I mean, I just knows? can't imagine senior night, Mackie Arena with him there. That was going to be a special moment. But we wish the best to Matt Harms. I like the kid. I'm supporting him. I want him to do well. Uh, same. I think he'll average 12 and 7 over in BYU, and he'll be really good for them. So what does that mean for Purdue basketball next year, Nathan? That's a scholarship that's now available. What do you think in regards to our team next year, assuming we have a season, in regards to Purdue basketball program without Matt Harms? There was rumors they were going to be looking at other options at that position, but I don't think anything's come of it. 
I think they talked to a few guys. There was an Oregon transfer, smaller. He was like 6'8". I forget where he went. He didn't go to Purdue, but he decided to go elsewhere. I think ultimately they're going to stick with what we have. I mean, we have a big you know, 7'3 guy that just a freshman. I think he'll get redshirted, and it will just stick with um, our current backup. Well, it was a third string, I guess, this past year. But we'll stick with him, see what he's got. I, honestly, nobody knows what he brings to the table. I have no idea what he brings to the table. I think he's athletic. Hopefully he can form into that rim protector because we're going to need that next year. We don't really have that. So we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. Yeah, big news, sad news, really, if you're a Purdue fan regarding the transfer of Matt Harms. But as I said earlier, we wish him the best and full success to Matty Harms. Coming up next, we're going to talk about some NFL draft. Jags, a lot of talk about when it comes to Jacksonville Jaguars. So Nate and I, I think, have some disagreements even on the Jaguars side of things. But we'll highlight some draft highlights from this past draft. It was a virtual draft. I watched the first round. A lot of other people did. The ratings were super high. And we'll ask Nate his two cents as well about the NFL draft. So that's coming up next. Keep it locked. You're listening to Two Brothers and a Mic. We're back on Two Brothers and a Mic, ready to talk some NFL draft recap. And for the first time ever in NFL history, it was a virtual NFL draft. Nate, what were your thoughts on the virtual aspect of it? Like, were you okay with it? Was it cool? I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. I'm not a huge draft person anyway. It's not marked on my calendar to really, like sit down and watch this. Um, so for me, the experience was, was fine. I'm sure it, it was disappointing for the players not being able to go up there, shake, you know. Commissioner's hand. Yeah, and, and go through that. But I thought overall, I mean, it, it went fine. Yeah. Honestly, it was a live sporting event that we could all watch. I mean, that was exciting. And the ratings showed it. It was huge ratings. Most watched NFL draft, which, again, not unexpected because of all the sports being canceled. And a lot of sports fans are hyperventilating and then we're in withdrawal right now because there's nothing to watch live. Everything's reruns or, you know, it's nothing live. So the NFL draft being on the vir- a virtual draft, it was good. It was good to see. I'm glad it was live. I'm glad it was still done. They didn't cancel it. I thought it was fine. I thought they did a great job producing it. You know, ESPN, NFL, they're going to do a good job. <laughs> a lot of people work behind the scenes to get that to work. I heard there was rumors. I mean, they were the director for that. He had so many screens to look at. Like From what I've heard, it was incredible um, to direct that broadcast. But they did a great job, and I'm glad it was done. I think it was done well. There were some funny things because if you watch the draft, everyone had like their own little webcam on their families to watch the reaction, and there were just some like – really funny things this one lady was like hugging the the kid who got drafted and we don't know if it was a girlfriend or who it was but then like mama came over and threw her off like live on screen and so there were some funny like twitter moments with having these broadcasts it was one one where a player i'm guessing was sitting next to his girlfriend and she was on her phone and he like just took the phone from her like right there live on tv so it was you know maybe an element of real lifeness in a sense to a lot of us uh but so it had some funny moments but overall I thought it was a great broadcast, and it was fun to watch. And you had people on Zoom. I know I was talking with a buddy of mine during it on a Zoom meeting, and I had another buddy who had more than one person in a Zoom meeting. So people still try to get together to watch the draft. Overall, I think that was all a win for the NFL. So let's go ahead now and talk about the draft itself. 
what do you think? Just give me your general thoughts, Nate. I know the NFL draft isn't like like you said on your super radar. Do you have anything that pops out in your mind as maybe your favorite draft pick or a team that kind of stood out to you as far as the draft goes? Any thoughts from your side of things before I talk about the Jaguars? My kind of biggest surprise that I had for me was how late the first receivers went in the draft. I thought they would have been gone, you know, much earlier than when they did. And the first one that was taken, I was not expecting it to be Ruggs the third. I thought CD Lamb probably was the best wide receiver, at least just from watching college football. I'd, what he brings to the table, I thought it was. I thought he could be the best wide receiver. And going 17 to Dallas is a great pickup. Like that's a fantastic pickup for Prescott and that Dallas offense. It's going to be great for him. And then as far as the Purdue players, I'll say a little bit about them. Really surprised Bailey went seventh round, but ended up I think going to, I think a good fit for him. Um, he's going to have to battle the other linebacker that was selected in this draft. But he got drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. By the Bengals, yep. So, yep, so Bailey, Purdue linebacker, uh, is going to be going to the Bengals. Probably what made him drop, assuming the injuries. It was had. the injury. And then obviously he wasn't, you know, no one could work out in front of people. I mean, it's true. That's so true. People don't know how, that's how true. good he is right now. And with that being said, I remember watching the broadcast when Bailey got picked, the announcers. They were high on Bailey. Like, this could be a steal yeah. for the Bengals this far back to get a player like Bailey. Literally the year prior, he decided to stay at Purdue for his senior year and stick with Purdue. But the year prior, he would have been a like third-round pick. Interesting. Um, so, uh, I think for Cincinnati, it's a great pickup. Adds depth and competition. To and he's a good tackler. Over. I was telling to talking oh, to yeah. a Bengal fan that I know, and I, was, I think Bailey's going to be nice. I mean, he is a solid tackler. So, like, I think you're going to get a good player. And then uh, Bryson Hopkins going fifth round to or fourth round, I think fourth round to L.A. Uh, is a gr- <laughs> dude. That's just a great pickup for that offense. He's going to be, I think he could be a really good tight end in the league. I mean, he kind of does that hybrid tight end tight end thing, um, where he's basically just a big wide receiver. So I think he'll be really good in that offense. I think what's exciting about that one is just him, like you said, paired with like an offensive that's explosive, like with the Sean McVay mind, and then you know Jared Goff giving him another weapon. The biggest problem with Hopkins is drops. That was the big thing yeah. that was the drawback for him. Yeah. But that being said, a lot of that, I mean, I think he'll be able to he'll be able to fix that. And yeah, that stuff can get corrected, and I think it's going to be good. That's going to be a good weapon for. I totally agree with you on that one. But yeah, those are kind of my quick thoughts on on some individual players. Now, Jared, you and me have some interesting thoughts about Jacksonville's draft. So go ahead and give me give me your take, dude. So yeah, when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, so I have invested interest in what they do in the draft. Our franchise right now it is in a very interesting season of life. Because we have a GM and a coach who, hypothetically speaking, are coaching and GMing for their lives. Like, they could be fired next year if they do not succeed well this upcoming year. That being said, I am happy about Dave Caldwell because he didn't draft like a guy who's, it's this year a bust. He's thinking long term, which I think good GMs should. So I do appreciate that about GM Dave Caldwell. 
I'll just give you a couple highlights. I'm not going to th- go through every player that the Jacksonville Jaguars drafted in this year's draft. I'll highlight a couple players that I think I'm going to be excited to see. One overall thing with the Jacksonville Jaguars this year, we had lots of picks. We have lots of needs. And so we have a lot of different positions of need, and so therefore we drafted in those different positions. So in that sense, I think the Jags had a good draft. Ultimately, you can't give really a A, B, C grade. I know we like to do that because we don't know if these players are going to turn out or not. But I like the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars drafted for need and they have lots of needs. But if you had to give them an A, B, C grade? I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say A because we address needs I mean, that just because of that. So that being said, let me give you a couple highlights of players that I think I'm going to look forward to watching. So in the first round, with the ninth overall pick, we drafted cornerback C.J. Henderson from Florida. He's going to have to replace that Jalen Ramsey. So the thing with Jacksonville is obviously we have all these, our defense is one of the top in the league, and we've, we're losing a lot of them. You know, Ramsey's gone. A.J. Boye's gone. So we don't have many cornerbacks, DBs on our roster right now. Our best pass rusher, Ndokwe, holding out right now, wants a big contract. He's publicly gone against the ownership. It's like, I'm not want to play with you. So, therefore, we addressed that position with their second pick in the first round, the defensive end, Calavion Chaseon. I think that's how you pronounce his name. If I'm not saying that right, I'm sorry. But he's a defensive end from LSU. He is one of those players I am very excited to see live and in person. Unlike you, I don't know as much about the college players. So, a lot of these players I don't really know much about. But I watch their interviews when they are drafted, and I like to look at like their body language, how they answer the questions. Like I look at all that stuff. And him in particular, I'm really excited about him because he just gave off a positive you know, energy, I guess, if you want to say. I like just he was happy, smiling. He was happy to be in Jacksonville, and he doesn't care about fame. All he wants is to have fun, play football, and win. And that's one of the things the Jacksonville Jaguars are highlighting and as they try to change the culture of our locker room. They don't want any drama. And when you watch the Jaguars' videos they posted on their website, they said that multiple times to coaches. We don't want drama. So these old draft picks who are now gone, it seems to see they're trying to change some of this uh, locker room culture. And I think this guy is going to be straight business, no drama, and he just is ready to roll. We are going to have a very young team. Josh Allen, we're going to have this. So we have some young pass rushers. So I'm excited about the future. We also drafted some receivers, which, as Nate alluded to earlier, is a very high-ranked receiving core this year in the NFL draft. Some went a little bit later, but you were getting some really good talent later in the draft, and I think that's why maybe some fell because they were comfortable waiting to pick these receivers. The Jaguars took their first receiver in the second round, LaVisca Chenault Jr. from Colorado. Don't know much about him, but I watched some of his highlights. He was very, he was Colorado's best player. Reminds me kind of Randall Mart Purdue. Like they used him in Wildcat to take the ball from like a shotgun from center. Like he was the focal point of that offense. It revolved around him in Colorado. But the receiver I'm kind of most excited about was the receiver we picked in the sixth round. Colin Johnson from Texas. Sixth round receiver. The reason why I'm excited, I watched some of his highlight tape. Texas tweeted out a little highlight video of his. This guy is a go up in the year leaper and grab it. And I'm not just talking about once or twice. You know, that cool highlight, he went up and got the ball. 
multiple highlights of them just throwing the ball up to him and he going up and grabbing. I'm like, dude, this is nice. For whoever quarterback, if it's going to be Gardner, whoever it's going to be, you can throw the ball up to this guy, and I think he has the athletic ability and be able to make some plays. So that is exciting. If our receivers can grow like DJ Chark grew from his rookie season, who wasn't that great, to just an amazing sophomore season at Jacksonville, like dominated, we're going to have some weapons. We are a very young team right now. We are building this team back up from scratch with young athletes that hopefully have their head on straight and will think team first. But overall, we drafted a lot. We, we drafted line with a Smoothie King himself. The lineman uh, went to us. We drafted. We got a tight end late in the draft. We got some more DBs. We got a quarterback who will add to that quarterback room, hopefully competition for Gardner Minshew. I mean, we drafted for need. And so between DBs, we got a pass rusher. We got some offensive weapons, linemen, we got linebackers. I mean, really, we had safety. I mean, we addressed almost every position at least once in this draft. So in that case, I'm very high and positive on the draft for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we also had an interesting conversation about Jacksonville after this draft. And I personally have a theory that Jacksonville just – from everything that's gone in the past, you know, year, that Jacksonville is kind of packing it in this year. I don't think they're trying to be competitive this year. Just from re-signing the coach who really hasn't won too many games aside from his first year, I believe, to letting go key players and big players and just ultimately feeling like they're starting fresh. And after even what you said, a make or break year for the head coach and other people like this is they got to win right so my theory is that they're brought them back because they're not going to hire a new coach just to have a loose because they knew they knew that they're not going to have a good season this year i they'll figure out what they have at quarterback see if they're going to keep him my own theory is there's more tape on him defenses are going to be over, you know, they're just going to figure him out. And next draft, Jags will be drafting Fields or Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, yes. Okay, so here's my response to that. As regards to the first question about hiring Doug Marone and the GM one more extra year, you can blame that on Tom Coughlin. So that's my response to that. Tom Coughlin's getting the blame for a lot of the things that has happened in the culture locker room, right or wrong, whether, you know, maybe he just, as I've talked about before, it was just maybe just wasn't his time just with the culture as it is now and his coaching and his philosophy. But nevertheless, I think they got an extra year because Tom Coughlin kind of got, took the fall and got fired. And so that's my response to that. But it's such a win now league though. I feel like, and I just ref- I refuse to believe that Shad Khan would hire these guys one year and just tell them to tip you. You're going to lose on purpose, and we're going to fire you next year. I mean, we're talking these guys are coaching for their lives. I don't believe a coach in, is going to just pack it in like he's got. He's going to be fired this next year if they don't win. He has a job he needs to to keep. You have this theory that is like a lot of the national media, Kong Cowherd's theory talk about a guy who does never talk about positive things with Jacksonville Jaguars. Your theory is it's it's all tank for Trevor Lawrence. We're going to try and find this, this franchise quarterback next year, and that's what all they care about. Let me tell you the most important thing that we need to figure out 
this next season as a Jacksonville Jaguar franchise. We need to figure out if Gardner Minshew is going to be the franchise quarterback or not. This also is related to the recent news and rumors that Andy Dalton could be signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars as he was released from Cincinnati. Now, the reason why that rumor is, and maybe it's true, we'll see, is out there is because Jay Gruden is our new offensive coordinator, obviously head coach of Andy Dalton when he was head coach in Cincinnati. So there's a relationship there, and I understand that part. I understand when you, you, know, you want competition, but hear me out. If we bring, I'm fine bringing Andy in as a backup if you want to try to win if something happens to Gardner Minshew. We need to figure out if Gardner Minshew is going to be the franchise. The, that does not happen if he's sitting behind Andy Dalton. He has to play this year, and we need to find out if the magic, that's the stash, is going to lead our franchise in the future. There's so much extra stuff around Gardner Minshew that, of course, is very franchise-friendly. Just the, the whole markability. The guy's loved by just even just Nat fans. He just seems like a cool guy you just go hang out and have a beer with. Like People love this guy, so that's obviously a positive thing when it comes to franchise. But we need to figure out if he can play. I agree with you. This year is going to be the telltale all. There's going to be tape on him. Is he going to be able to perform like he performed his rookie season? So that is why he has to play next season. We have to answer that question. And yes, I'm okay if we don't sign Andy Dalton. I like Andy. I like Andy Dalton. Like I would want him on my team if we were trying to win now. But we have other question marks on that position. And yes, if Gardner Minshew gets injured or fails – and we're really bad next year, we can try to get our franchise quarterback in next year's draft. If we sign Andy Dalton, we're not trying to tank on purpose because Andy Dalton will come in in that type of situation and we'll probably win a few games and we're not going to be high enough to get those quarterbacks. You're going to have to have the one, two, or three picks. You know how quarterbacks go every draft. You have to have the top one to get your guy. So I am just saying we'll see what happens. I understand the theory out there. Again, if we go 1-15 and – if we can get a franchise quarterback, okay, I understand, and that would be cool. None of these guys are ever guaranteed. Trevor Lawrence is not going to be guaranteed. People love Trevor Lawrence. They're saying he's the next sure thing like Andrew Luck was. But I just don't believe that Coach Marone and GM, who are like publicly the owners, like you have one year, that they're just going to purposely lose and get fired. I just don't see that happening for their own well-being and future. And I know, obviously, you can't publicly make that statement because you need to be trying to win or the franchise is, you know, can be looked at horrible so what your philosophy and opinion is a very popular opinion on the mainstream media and other radio programs out there that's for sure i just think we're gonna be playing to win this year and we need to figure out if Gardner Mitch is the guy and if he is we have to answer the question you know we might only win five six games i mean we're gonna be a very young team but we need to know what we got going forward but see that's what confuses me about this whole thing this is there's no connect between those two things that you just said. We need to win now, and we need to figure out what we have. Those two things don't, to me, don't make sense. Teams that want to win now know what they have. Teams that want to win now, Dallas, they know what they have. They know what they have in Dak Prescott. Yeah, I'm saying there's still a question mark on Gardner Minshew, right? No, absolutely. So, so we play him we, with the intention of winning. We we want him to be the guy. We no, don't want him to draft. We don't, we don't want. Another guy. If he's the guy, he's the guy. We want him to be the guy. So you play to win with him out there, not just to lose on purpose when Gardner Minshew's out there. So then let me ask you this. With the current roster that you have in Jacksonville, are you confident 
that that team gets you to the playoffs. No, but I still think you got to strive to get better. And again, we have a lot of holes. All of our ex draft picks and everything, they're gone. So I, I realize that we, we've got to fill those holes. We kind of are starting off from scratch. I mean, so yeah, the likelihood of us making a playoff run is very small. Is it possible? Yes. We know the Purdue basketball team was playing to pick the bottom half of the, the Big Ten conference that year. And we made a run to almost make the final four. Like any, the, the, especially NFL. Difference. It's very, Difference. it's very close than what other people just flat out say. It's closer. Would you say you knew what you had though with that Purdue team? We knew exactly whose role was what. We knew Ryan Klein was a scorer, three point shooter. The number one guy on our team, Carson Edwards, was gonna get us a bucket. Okay, you're right. Do we know the rules? We need to find out those rules this year. But my thing okay. is, and you're saying just lose on purpose because we know they're not good you, enough. And we're going to ask a new quarterback. No, we need to figure that out. He needs to play, needs to win, and we know he's the guy. That's we're going to stick with the Purdue basketball uh, analogy here, okay? Last year, we knew what we had. Or not, not last year, two years ago. We knew what we had. Made a big run. Last year, we didn't know what we had. We were hoping Aaron Wheeler was making that next step. We were hoping that Nogel Eastern was going to be able to become a scorer. We didn't know what happened. We were an average basketball team. Now we were a bubble team. Could have almost made the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> so we were winning the Big Ten tournament, dude. We were going to get in. Um, yeah. So I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this. Like I don't believe the Jags are just just going to tank for Trevor Lawrence. We need to figure out, and losing could be an option on that. But that would give us clarity. But we're not playing to lose. Gardner Minshew wants to prove that he's the guy. He wants to get paid. You know, he wants to be the guy. He's going to prove that, and Absolutely. he's going to build the trust with the, with the players. And he's going to go out there and to do that. He's going to win. Absolutely, you're not you playing to, to lose. You have to have you have to have weapons to go out there and win. And we got him. He has weapons. Listen, he we has, have a young. He has a Leonard Fournette who doesn't want to be on the team. Now, okay, no, he has Leonard Fournette who probably this is going to be his last year in a Jacksonville uniform because we're declining this fifth year <laughs> option. So, I feel like I'm making pretty darn good points here, Jared. No. The people who don't want to be on our team is like Giannis. That, you know, he doesn't want to be on the team. And that's a big loss because he's one of the better defensive ends in the NFL. Again, feeding into the team is not ready. Like, does it, you, Yeah, I know the team's not ready, well but that's, that's not the franchise's fault. Like, it's not, they're not saying, you know, they have a value. Maybe they're just not comfortable of paying that high money. And again, you can blame maybe Tom Coughlin because he was kind of running the show the last couple of years. That's the question mark. You can't really get around. This could have been Tom Coughlin's fault. All these coaches are playing, coaching for their lives. Jay Gruden, all these new. Because again, if we get, everyone's fired next year, and it's going to be starting from scratch if, if we fail. And I just that's a lot of jobs. That's a lot of people who I don't think are just going to be coaching for not having a job next year. That's just my just my feeling on it. It's. I'm not saying that they're going to purposely go out there and lose. I'm saying this is a dead-end road that they're going down. Like, they've been brought back this year to ultimately just get fired next year. Like, it's going – It's it, my in my Not head, it's happening. Win. Not if they win. They're going to be back. Coach Marone could say, hey, we almost went to the Super Bowl. We probably should have. You can blame a bad call. Like, we almost went to the Super Bowl just a few years ago. Maybe I can I can agree with you in a sense of you can blame the coaching staff for culture problems, right? I mean, that's kind of a coaching thing. So they're trying to fix that mistake, I think, going from here on out. But you'll see. We're a very young team. And like I said, I don't, I don't, we probably not won't make the playoffs. I just don't believe it was just purposely lose to get a quarterback next year. 
but we have to f- see what we have, and we have young weapons that maybe in a couple of years it could be dangerous. And that's why I appreciate uh, GM Dave Caldwell because he did take a long-term approach in this in this draft. I think it's the wise thing to do. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah, it is. But I don't know. We'll see. I don't see any of those coaches being back next season. We'll see. I, I if and half of those players I don't even see it. <laughs> I just don't. But we'll see. Gardner Minshew becomes the guy, and he has a magical season. They pay him a bunch of money. He's on a rookie contract. He's like a fifth. He's like a low pick, so he's not getting paid hardly anything. This is the main reason why we moved on from I think Nick Foles because of money. Well, yeah. The question is comes if we get Andy Dalton. He's going to be a backup. He's. I mean, I, we have to figure out. We can't just listen. Andy's good enough to be a starter in this league. Uh, I think so. I think he's good enough to be a starter in the league. He played a really bad organization that didn't do a good job. I feel like with him this past year but I think he he's a veteran and good enough to play I, I don't think. think he's a starter to be honest with you I think every team has their guy that they want I don't think there's really like I said as long as Gardner Minshew starts because we need to answer that question it's no more question I'm okay bringing Andy in and being a backup I'm well, fine th- with it I think he would because you do you need to know what you have like you need to figure out what you have with him is he good enough in this I mean he had flashes last year where he looked really good he I'll, I'll admit that he looked really good Able to escape the pocket, was mobile, made plays, made plays down the field. Like yeah. he, he looked good, but there was also times last year where, later in the league year, where people got film on him and they, you know, he didn't look as good. There was also some really close games that could run another way, could change the outlook on some of this. But at the end of the day, it didn't end in their favor, did? And that's that's just how it goes. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. The NFL is planning on releasing their 17-week schedule, full schedule, next week. So they're still going forward as planned, thinking they're going to play a full season. So we'll see how all this plays out in regards to football coming up, if we'll be able to keep this season going or not. A lot of question marks still on that. So, All right. Well, that was our little quick recap of the NFL draft and mostly Jack's talk there. Um, But when we come back, we're going to finish out this episode of Two Brothers and a Mic. we got our in one moments of the week as well as our go-to entertainment options for the quarantine pandemic. Keep it locked here on Two Brothers and a Mic. We're back on Two Brothers and a Mic. Final segment of this episode. We're talking about two things. Our and one moments of the week, and then our go-to entertainment options for quarantine during this pandemic. So let's do that first before we do our and one moment of the week. So Nathan, what is your go-to options when it comes to things to do during the quarantine? Is it a TV show, a TV series, video game? What, what, what's your go-to? What have you been doing? What's your, what's your go-to? What would you recommend to the people? Well, I've been doing a little bit of all that, <laughs> a little bit of games, a lot more of TV, the TV show watching. I have been rewatching a lot of old TV shows because uh, there's not a whole lot new that's good right now, at least in my opinion. So I've been watching uh, a lot of Arrested Development. But I will say the one thing that was new that has been amazing and I would recommend, dude, just I would rec- if anybody listening likes Breaking Bad, the TV series, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul is one of the best. It's just one of the best TV shows right now. Their latest season just finished. Man, it was probably a few weeks ago at this point. And it's just incredible. It's so, it's fantastic. It's so good. 
Um, and another thing uh, I've been getting Jared to watch, I don't know if this is his part, but is <laughs> the Disney Plus series, The Clone Wars. It was on TV forever ago. It's an animated series. I've been watching that. They have new new episodes coming out. And I hate to admit it because it's really meant to be a kid's TV show. <laughs> but last season, I'm loving every single episode. It's been really good. Jared's trying to catch up. And he's on literally the worst season. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the first season of the Attack of the Clone Wars, the animated series. I'm trusting Nathan that this is going to be a super legit um, series. And Nathan's very, in, um, how should I say this? Very intentional on the things that he likes when it comes to TV shows. So a little different than me. So I would say when he said it's going to be a good animated show, I believe him. I think it's going to be because he looks at different things than a lot of people when it comes to shows. So I'm working through. I'm on the first season. It's been it's been okay, but it's it's Star Wars. It's cool, and we'll we'll I'll get to the it, his really good episodes. He's liking. It's really rough. These the first two seasons. He's going to be watching these episodes for like two seasons and just absolute garbage for the most part but once you hit like the good episodes it just doesn't stop like it's just constant good episodes and they're it's really good i don't know i i've enjoyed it for an animated series as far as tv shows for me i want to highlight two of them one last man standing which is a current show that is going on right now on fox has tim allen this last season which just had the season finale about a week ago has been fantastic. Love the new seasons of Last Man Standing. It has been great. I'd recommend that. A Netflix show I'd recommend. And Nathan hasn't seen it yet, but he saw me. I was watching like every night. Lost in Space. Absolutely fantastic. I love the second season. I watched the first season with Nathan um, and others a while ago, and it's been a little bit since so season two came out just had me at the moment the first episode i love the characters it's so well done there's like really good themes and redemptive themes qualities in the show the robinson family my combo briar's mint ice cream and the robinson's lost in space that was my go-to almost every night was it not <laughs> it really was it was every single night oh man what a great second season and they're gonna have one more coming next year to finish out the story so man go check out lost in space family friendly it is great go check it out as far as games go man nate and i've been playing fifa um a soccer game on the playstation 4 we play a lot of games with fulham which is my favorite english team we played how many seasons of that to get to the premier league eventually like three i think like three or something like that. Yeah, it was a lot. Finally got our goal to the uh, Premier League, and then we started another season with this club called Portsmouth, and we're on a couple leagues down because over there you have to go through promotion relegation. So it's a very long season, so we're starting pretty low to try to make the run back up and build this squad from where it's at to be a good, legitimate squad and contender in the Premier League. So that's where we're at doing right now on that game. Yep. And uh, I've also convinced him finally to play The Last of Us. And I don't know how he feels about it right now, but it was personally one of my favorite just story games I've ever played. But a lot of fun. We've had some fun. Yeah, we've been playing that one together as my first playthrough. And Nathan's very high on that game as far as the story goes. So 
Maybe on another future episode, once I get through, I can give you my two cents on the last yeah, of us. Give game. it a rating. Give it a rating. a rating. I give it a ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you love that. Um, so yep, yeah, that's those are some suggestions to get through quarantine, um, the pandemic during this time. As far as some entertainment options go, check out those. All right, let's finish this episode with our and one moment of the week. It's been a while. You could probably choose several things, maybe Nate, since we last done this. But I'll go ahead and go first. My and one moment of the week goes to a gentleman. I uh, don't know who this person was, but as you well know, during this coronavirus pandemic, it has really hit the elderly in particular, a lot of people, but in particular, um, the elderly. And at my current place of employment, I was sitting out on the patio one night and all of a sudden I heard this trumpet sound. Someone was playing music. And so I walked out of the little patio area and I looked across the street and there was some person playing hymns for the business that's next to us. Now, the business that's next to my current place of employment is an assisted living place. So I can only imagine that maybe the windows were open and he was just he or she was just trying to bless that community by playing hymns. It was right during Easter time, so it really made sense with the content of those hymns. And the old rugged cross was the one that he was playing at the time when uh, I was listening and kind of made a little quick video. But it was just really cool to see. There was someone blessing other people, especially during a group of people who are really struggling during this time, because just think about it, not only their health, but there's no community, the social aspect that's really tough. That's an important part of livelihood and life in general. So I thought that was really cool. I thought it was dope that this person blessed the other community by playing um, those, those hymns by Trump. And he was just out in the parking lot. I mean, you could hear it. I mean, I was business next to that place, and you could hear it very clearly. So very cool. So big ups to that man or woman who blessed that community. That was awesome. Well done. So my and one moment of the week is a video that was posted, found it on Twitter, and since it's been tweeted out by ESPN and others, kind of went viral at this point, was this family. And like you're saying right now, everybody's inside, you know, nobody can have so you know any social interactions really with anybody else. And this family came up with a fun way just to have a little fun inside the house, safe, away from other people, and made their own Olympics. And these are really obscure and just odd things that you just never, you know, would think about doing. Like, they're just really random stuff. Like, they went to their refrigerator, put a cup where the, the water comes out, and they had one person push it, and the other person had a straw with, you know, inside the cup. And they had to just drink as much water as they could without the cup overflowing. And they had pee races where they'd have a pee on the ground and they have this another straw and just blow it to the finish line. It's just really random stuff. They they were having a good time. Quarantine Olympics. The quarantine Olympics for that family. So that's my and one moment moments for them uh, of the week. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, y'all. We really hope that y'all doing okay. That your families are doing all right. We really thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Two Brothers and a Mic. You might see us from here to here. You know, pop another episode in um, as news occurs. So, very much appreciate y'all. I hope again, hope you're all doing well. Stay safe, and we gonna get through this together. Portsmouth till I die. <laughs> <laughs> With our video games. <laughs> 
All right, y'all. I hope you all have a great rest of your week. Again, thank you for listening. You've been listening to Two Brothers in a Mic Podcast. Grace and peace.